Welcome to the Everyday Mum Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Fitzpatrick, and this podcast is for mums everywhere. It's a chat between real mums sharing what works, what doesn't, how they do life, and how they fill their cup. It's often the little changes that you make to your everyday that have the biggest impact. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, really excited for you guys to join us today because we are speaking to a super duper cool mum called Kim and she's agreed to have a chat to us about being a mum and how she fits it all in. How are you, Kim? I'm wonderful, thank you. Heidi, how are you? I'm good. I'm really good. A bit chaotic with Christmas just around the corner. It is absolutely, absolutely mad. It is mad. I don't know why we do it to ourselves. And I'm really aiming to get to Christmas Day this year and not fall on the floor and just go, oh, God, I'm dead. <laughs> but I think there's Christmas of... is not supposed to be like this. No, I know. I know. Remember the excitement and the um, the magic of Christmas of when you were little? And I'm really trying this year to, to go with that with the kids, but I'm just sitting there at night going, oh. <gasps> Oh my god, I've got so much to do. That's because someone else was doing all the work and you didn't realize or appreciate it at the time. <laughs> Isn't that true? And even now on Christmas Day you're cutting up potatoes and that the kids are out the back and you look at them and go, "Oh, I remember that." And all of a sudden Christmas dinner was on the table and you'd be like, "Oh, and now it's here. How did that happen? How did that happen, <laughs> mom? But anyway, we get to do it I love now. It. So tell me, Kim, how many children do you have? I have 3 children. And how old are they? Uh, well, they're big children. Mm-hmm. Um, the eldest, the eldest is twenty-five. Yeah. Uh, the next one down. Oh, gee, see, I'm really good. Mother of the year. The next <laughs> one down is nineteen. Yeah. And then the baby is fifteen. Oh, fifteen. So you've got all the teenage stories that you can help me with because we've just got you know the fourteen-year-old and they're all approaching teens. So you're all ahead of me there. I am indeed, but I don't know how much help. I will be. Mine have all been pretty good, so we'll see how we go. Yeah, well, Touchwood, mine are good so far. And the, and the eldest one was a little feral as a, as a teeny one, so they say they're either feral <laughs> when they're little or big. So I'm, uh, yeah, not looking forward to number two reaching teenage years in that case. Should be fun. <laughs> Should be. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me, Kim, do you work as a life coach? I work. I work a full-time job. Yep. Um, with a government agency mm-hmm. and I am also um, a life coach. I do uh, a lot of – a fair bit of, of mentoring as well for students that are studying oh, life uh, yeah. coaching with mm-hmm. um, an academy on the Gold Coast. Yeah. So um, I went through them when I did my initial training. So I, um, I work with them just doing uh, – what they call their triads, so they coach one another, just the practical component, and I'll listen in and provide feedback and those sorts of things as well. Yep. So in my in my day job, I um, I in in HR, so a lot of it's working with um, senior executives and leaders mm-hmm. um, around around the business, just having a strategic focus and a HR focus, working with people, building. Um, implementing change, building culture, those sorts of things as well. So I'm a qualified um, life coach and mediator and conflict coach and so I also use those tools as part of the work that I do as well. Yeah, wow. You're so busy. I've created myself a niche. You have you know, created just, yourself a niche. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah so it's really. Sorry, how long have you been doing the life coaching? Um, I have been coaching for about six years, I would say. Wow. Yeah. Do you love it? I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do find um, it exhausting, like yeah. energetically. It's yeah. something that that it, I wouldn't say that it drains me, but mm-hmm. it's because you participate so fully in it. One on one, one coaching for me is is um is quite draining. Yeah. Yeah. But I love it. Love it absolutely. So how do you fit all that in? If you're working full time, do you do coaching at night or? I do. Yeah. I do. I do coaching at night time. I or on weekends. Um, I, and sometimes my work, my work is flexible. So sometimes, um, I will just adjust my hours if I've got people that need to do it, you know, for a few hours during the day, I'm able to do that with enough notice. So yes, I'm very flexible. I, um, I commit to things and then work stuff around it. Love so it. that's, that's how, yeah, that's how I do it. 
That's awesome. And so tell me, 25 years ago when you had your first boy, is that right? That's have you, correct. Have you got all boys? No, I've got two boys and a girl. Okay, there we go. Yes. So when you had your first boy, what would yes. you say was one of the biggest struggles about becoming a new mum? Uh, immaturity. Yeah. Okay. I was I was eighteen yeah. at the time. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know that age has anything necessarily to do with it, mm-hmm. but um, just not not having life skills. I think so. You know, learning life skills um, while while you're also looking after a human, while you're studying at university, yeah. you know, while you're trying to still be a young teenage person. You know, yeah. I, I just think trying to find your way in. The, you're still finding your way in the world. I can see why my mum was just so mortified when I told her that I was pregnant because as my children turned 18, mm-hmm. they were still such babies in my eyes yeah. and that was me, a baby yeah. having a baby. So yeah. I can see why I can see why she was was so mortified at the prospect of it because it I I could I can I now I can understand her sadness at that, you yeah. know, that that all of that opportunity to just be carefree. You know, we were talking about the kids at Christmas and how they just didn't even need to comprehend what it was like to have, you know, they could just enjoy Christmas without having any responsibility. Well, that's suddenly gone and I could see why that would have left her sad because I would have been sad for my kids too had that have been them. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, 18. can't even remember what I was doing at 18. It feels like ages ago. (laughs) (laughs) I was out clubbing, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I, I know, and I'm, I mean, I'm I'm not a big party person. I'm quite, I'm a, I'm a social introvert, so I'm okay. always, I'm I'm quite social, but I'm I'm very very introverted. So I fill my cup um, on my own, mm-hmm. um, or in quiet spaces, and um, and so I wasn't really looking for that. I didn't miss out so much on that that party party yep. thing, but just about not having any time for yourself at that point in time to to grow into who you were so the process of growing as a human yourself becomes a whole different dynamic when you're trying to grow a human at the same time you know because I think through your 20s I realized it was wasn't until I was probably about 30 that I that I kind of got a good understanding of of me of who I was of some my part in the world, um, some appreciation of my worth as a human. Like that didn't happen until I was around about 30. So, you know, I was struggling to grow me at the same time as growing these children. And yeah. um, it's an interesting thing to look back now having raised these children and there's 10 years difference between my first and my last. Mm-hmm. And as much as I don't regret who I was when I was raising all of them, but particularly the first one, it's an interesting thing to consider how much a different experience my children would have had if they were being mothered by the, the mother I am now as opposed to the mother that I was then because the mother I was then was very much mirrored on how I was raised myself and I hadn't had an opportunity to pull the bricks out of the house of my upbringing and examine them and decide whether I wanted to keep them or not. So I was just cloning what I'd experienced in my own life yeah. and now I'm very different to that so I would, have, I would do it very differently. It's an interesting thing. Yeah, but even like having, we had uh, four children in five and a half years. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and um, You're nuts, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I am? I am nuts. And, you know, I remember coming home from hospital and um, Trav, my husband, went off to work because, you know, we run our own business. So he said, oh, I'm just going to go and check in. And he went to work and I was sitting there and I was feeding Hamish. And then I, you know, my little rocking chair that, you know, you have those feeding chairs. And I, I was sitting them, yes. there. Yeah, they're great. And I was sitting there and I, you know, looked at Hamish and then I looked on the floor and there was Tilly who was about 16 months old and Phoebe who was three and um, Ella who was five and a half. And I was like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> I know. Oh my God. I remember having the third one and that was 10 years. I had a 10-year-old so really I had another parent in the house and I was just like, I was, I was planning to have five. I just thought, oh, my God, this is too much hard work. This is it. I'm done. Three's enough. Yeah, but I look at Hamish now who's seven and I go, wow, you know, Ella was still, you know, two years younger than you when I had you as a baby and the expectations I had of Ella. And that's actually why I bring this point up is that even though mine were only five and a half years apart, they're parented so different because of 
A, the stage in my life um, and B, you know, the uh, situation in your life. So do you know what I mean? Yep. Like it's just quite yeah, absolutely. Even though your, um, your, your principles are work, I struggle for words sometimes. I can talk underwater. Me too, but, I do that. Yeah, but even it's though, fine. you know, the morals and the things that, you know, are really, really important in my being are exactly the same, there's so much expectation on Ella as compared to the baby, to Hamish, who now at, you know, seven and a half is still little in my eyes yep yeah yeah absolutely whereas when Ella was yeah. seven and a half she was a teenager <laughs> no, I'm joking <laughs> I know I know but the interesting thing is it's it's you know what you need is apparent from them in terms of their behavior and their assistance mm. and those sorts of things changes depending on the workload and number of children that you've got yeah. but I think your own level of awareness um, around who you are and how you want to be changes as well so I think as much as you say you know, and we think, all right, my moral standards have been the same. I, I can say that mine have shifted because um, those basic things about, about treating people with courtesy and respect, I think there's a better dialogue around what that actually means for yeah. me now. And yeah. so I'm more able to be specific about how I choose to exhibit that as opposed to just a general statement that I was parroting from, you know, yes. my own upbringing, for yeah, instance. absolutely. So, you know. I think there's a depth to to the wisdom that you have as as you age. As you yeah, age, it's really interesting. It is, isn't it? That's cool. And so, tell me, being a teenage mum, if there was a teenage mum listening now who's just had a baby, or you know, has even got a toddler, like little, what would your advice to them be, having already gone through that in your world? Um, it's not as hard as everybody makes it out to be. Seriously. Yeah. Um, and cut yourself some slack, you'll do just fine. Mm -hmm. You, it's really important that you don't lose yourself in the process. And by that, I mean that you carve out your some space for your identity, um, and that you understand that innately you have an understanding. If you'll tune into it. Mm -hmm. that you know what you need to do and you don't need to be blown about by all of the contrary pieces of opinion that everybody has mm -hmm. around what's appropriate for you. Yeah. I think just stay the course and stand your ground. Yeah. If you go if you go in deep within ask yourself the question that you're asking everybody else you'll get an answer and that can be you know, your guiding light and that's the path you travel. Absolutely. And I would say that to any new mum no matter what they age, what their age don't listen to you know take it all in and go oh yeah thank you and then make it what feels right inside you the decision that you need to make for your baby because you're the best mum you're the right mum for that baby do you know what I mean that's right they chose you yeah they didn't do that for no reason yeah. and and it's you know you can do absolutely anything you want to do and this idea that it's hard um like I love that we cheer ourselves on and that we, you know, things are seen as a major achievement. And on the one hand, they are. But on the other hand, you just get it done. You just do it. You do, you know, if you want to go to uni and you have a baby, well, you just get it done. Yep. You know, they stay up, they stay up all night and you don't get any sleep, but you just, and you just get passes. Well, yep. who gives a rats? Just yep. go do what you want to do, you yep. know, seriously. Yeah. And that's, again, with any mum, oh, my keep speaking that's again with any mum you know there's never a perfect time to have a baby there's never a perfect situation and and no matter what needs to get done it ends up getting done and it's the stress we put on ourselves that to get it done you just don't need to do it because it'll figure itself out in the end yep yep absolutely absolutely yeah, definitely and so tell me we thought with working full-time and coaching and um you haven't brought this up yet, but I'm going to because you're amazing with doing um, musicals and things like that as well, <laughs> uh, which we'll yep. get to. How do you fit uh, like everyday life in? So how do you guys at home handle something, for instance, like housework and um, getting chores done around the house and, you know, living in a slight amount of chaos but organised chaos is what I say I do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So... Um... There's, there's a few different options, I think. Um, one of the challenges that I think people, mothers these days have is they have this idea that there's a perfect life and that's mm -hmm. what they aspire to mm -hmm. and that's, that is just seriously shit. Yeah. Like 
it seriously I would love to have a house that looks like a magazine and I don't (laughs) and that's okay oh for god's sake I mean you know this this level of perfectionism that we have the world's imploding and we're worried that we don't have matching decor like I just um just stop that shit yeah stop like seriously focus on the important stuff because you turn yourself inside out I remember I used to go visit a friend and she was extremely good at having a house that looked beautiful okay mm-hmm. and every time I walk away I'd go away and I'd go down the shop and I'd buy something else and then I'd go home and I'd try to make <laughs> and it looked like shit like and then but then it, I was in that. conflict with my own morals because I'm yeah. like I'm not, a, I don't want to be a consumer. So why am I buying this shit? So then, you know, you're trying to live up to this standard that doesn't sit with your own morals and you go round and round in this circle. Just stop that. That needs to stop. You know, um, in terms of housework and chores, yep. um, split it Split it in the way that, that works for people. So people have preferences around that. If you can get a house cleaner, get a house cleaner. If you can get an ironing lady, get an ironing lady. Like if you can afford to do those things and not everybody can, Mm -hmm. do that. Find a friend who likes to iron and swap something. Cook her some meals and she'll do the ironing. Like we really need to start working as a community of people raising the children of this planet. All of this this is this this nuclear family rubbish. It's it's recent and it is absolutely not working and it's it's a precursor to a major disaster in humanity that we've lost all of this responsibility in caring and growing. You're not meant to be the the sole have the sole responsibility for growing a human. That's not your job and it's not how tribes work. It's not how humans work. Humans need connection and so we've slipped into this perfect world where mummy and daddy do everything and they have perfect children and they have everything and they look perfect and it's just rubbish and it doesn't work so start working with other people you know we have mothers groups and we think that they're great because we um you know we can have a coffee and you have some adult conversation all those wonderful things but you need to start expanding those things to have meaningful impact into your life yeah I love that. So whether it's, it's so true. whether it's yeah, and whether if you're trying to work from home, for instance, or you're trying to go back to work part time, you know, daycare's a killer for so many families. There's so many people who can't even afford it really, mm-hmm. because we have this idea that we've got to have a four bedroom house and two cars, and you know, here we are all working to try and afford all of this stuff. So one, there's a shift that needs to happen in that space. But if you've got a friend who wants to go part-time and you want to go back to part work part-time, then do alternate days and look after each other's kids. Seriously. Yeah, it takes Seriously. a village. It does. And yeah. it, you know, you don't have to pay for daycare and you know, like it's just there's so many things we need to get um more connected with our people and yeah. start helping each other to raise these children. Yeah, and wouldn't the world be a better place at the moment if that yeah. all happened? You you think? Yeah. You think? Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I absolutely think. You know, just that there's so many life lessons in there for kids as well as making our lives easier and supporting, you know, the mum and supporting the family and, and, and the whole making it easier. But there's so many lessons there about, you know, watching people work together and help each other and, you know, exchange of things rather than, you know, I'll pay you to do this. And do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I that really yep. resonates with me so much. And I, I we find and- it hard because we have no family around. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So difficult when you don't have that. You know, one of the most dangerous things we can do is raise our children to be like us. Mm. And that is our default because we only know what we know. Yeah. So children learn from us via our example. And our example is what we've been raised with and how we've been have we've experienced life and one of the biggest mistakes and most dangerous things we can do is raise them to be like us Mm -hmm. that's not what we want because we're destroyed we've destroyed the planet so we don't need to be raising children to be like us and to have our ethics and our standards what we need is to create a safe space where they can learn through experience Mm -hmm. so you know behavior and consequences what works for them and let them explore what sort of human they want to be yeah you know and that's one of that's one of my most um passionate discussions around raising children and again I didn't have that when I was 18 I couldn't articulate it but now I can you know this whole idea of my kids you know we have interesting scenarios where some parts of our family uh, you know you need to go to uni get a house get a whatever 
Mm-hmm. And then there's me that's going, I don't care if you're doing homework. You know, I don't care if you don't do good at school. I want you to find where your happiness lies and you need to go do that. Yeah. So, um, and just the difference that has, that freedom has on children, not having to live up to an expectation mm-hmm. of a parent. Yeah. Uh, people underestimate how how freeing that is for a child so my eldest one the 25 year old um you know went and started to do university uh geology clearly wasn't interested you know took time off passed some subjects didn't but felt pressured to stay at university you know that whole thing you need to finish what you Mm -hmm. start yep and that grinds my gears really badly if the horse isn't working for you get off and get another horse yep I totally agree. You know? Yeah, and we've I've said all. to the kids, my job is your mum to me, like the main important things that, when, you know, when I'm old and grey, a little bit grey now, but when I'm old and is that you're happy and you're healthy. That's it. That's Absolutely. the only expectations I have on you is that you're happy and you're healthy and if you're doing something that lights you up, I don't care what it is. I really don't yeah. care what it is as long as you're happy and as long as you're doing something that you have passion about and that that fulfills you, that makes your yep. soul wag its tail, that makes you happy and that you're healthy. Absolutely. And I will do everything I can to make my children healthy. <laughs> In saying you know, that, but by the time, hopefully by the time they're 18, they will naturally make a good choice to look after their bodies. That's and let me tell you, they won't, but that's okay. <laughs> Great. Because... Because you and you just need to suck that up and deal with it and watch yeah. it while it happens. But yeah. at some point in time, again, it's consequences for behavior. At some yeah. point in time, they start to understand that the consequences they're having as mm-hmm. a result of doing what it is that you told them that you probably shouldn't do mm-hmm. is not outweighing the benefits that they think that they're getting and they stop it all on their own but it doesn't happen overnight and it certainly doesn't happen when they're 18 let me just tell you that (laughs) you know like as a parent (laughs) as a parent you know it's my job if I know that you're on the road and the bus is going to run you over like this is metaphorically speaking okay so a bus is probably going to do a bit much harm Mm -hmm. so yeah, when I tell you to get off the road and not in, and don't stand in front of the bus that's coming down the road, yeah, that's okay. But really, anything else that's not going to cause your spirit to leave your body, mm-hmm. cause you to be permanently disfigured, mm-hmm. you know, everything else is your choice. Like, yeah. it is up to you and I'm here to support you. I'll give you some pieces of advice because as a parent you can't help but do that. Yeah. And you can you can ignore that and that's fine because in the end you end up finding your own way. And now that, that 25-year-old, he ended up going over to Canada on his own. He met up with a friend over there, worked in a ski resort, stayed there for two years, has become – you know, loves going to festivals, has learnt how to burn wood, makes makes neck pendant necklaces, wow. makes pipes, smoking pipes out of out of timber. Mm-hmm. Has he's come back home now, he's doing massage therapy. Like the child is so in tune. I say the child. The child is so in he's tune. He's your child, he's your baby. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. With with who he is and his place in the world and he mm-hmm. cares about the environment and he's so lacking that materialistic focus which comes from our generation. Yeah. Um, it's just it's jaw dropping and it's inspiring and you know, he while he may have been birthed by me, he is not of me and it's just incredible to see where they have the support to go find who they want to be, who they come back to you as. And I think that's the thing about being a parent. You have to let that happen. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And you've given me so like so much to go and think go away and think about. Do you know what I mean? Because I've never like I've thought about it what you're saying on a certain level, but not as deep as that. Does that make sense? So it's, you know, how I'm with the kids and you know you know, they're very self-driven and, you know, if they want to do, they do dancing and sports and stuff and if they want to do that, by all means do that and if you want to do it and you want to do it well, you've got to be self-driven. I'm never going to say to you, go and practice, go and do this, go and do that. I just want them to do stuff that they want to do and if they choose to be good at it, do you know what I mean? But that's what you're saying about how, you know, he's, I've got one question first of all. Is he, does he, you eat really well? Does he eat well now? <laughs> he, yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. Yes. So they go. But, but remember, rem, remember this, Heidi. I grew up, I grew up 
um, with um, around Italians and with a grandmother who was a um, a cook on a on a station. So I grew up with very good, like tasting beautiful food, you know, mm-hmm. um, but very classically English. And mm-hmm. so I'm 44 now, and and so my journey into the ultra health side of things has probably been the last, I don't know, maybe four or five years, I think. So, um, but he, it's interesting to see that, that even though he grew up in, in a home where I cooked everything, but you know, there was, there was gluten and there was all of those things. He's actually shifted to very much where I am now all on his own because that was the culture that he immersed himself in when he was in Canada. So yes, he does extremely, extremely well. Isn't it funny? And look, I, I, my thing with the kids is just try to eat real food. It doesn't, you know, that we don't have any gluten sensitivities or dairy or anything like that in our family. We've got anaphylaxis to nuts. But apart from that, you know, we don't really get affected by um, gluten and, you know, um, dairy and stuff. So it's more, you know, just eat real food. Just, you know, yep. I, I try yep. to just drop packets. That's my thing because your body and with a nutrition background, your body doesn't recognize that as food or as fuel because it, it kind of yep. goes in there and your body goes, oh, I'm not really sure what to do with this. We'll store these chemicals yeah, somewhere and uh, and that's where. They'll come you know, out in an autoimmune disease later. Let's do that. <laughs> exactly. That's a whole nother chat. But anyway, so my I'm kids like- think I'm nuts. My kids think I'm nuts with all of the stuff that I have to say about things that I'm learning but I never stop learning I'm always researching I'm you know and that's one of my other things is you need to be a participant in life this whole Mm -hmm. idea that you go to school you go to uni maybe or you get a job you build a skill set and then that's where you stop learning that's that's why we're in the position we're in and in this life at the moment yeah I'm I'm a an avid learner avid learner every day I do learning every day that's one thing that's one of my non-negotiables I learn something every day whether it's reading or watching or I learn something, listening. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you are very, um, we've spoken before about how we do eat quite similar and, you know, we make our bone broths and stuff like that. But how do you guys um, manage menu planning and cooking? Does everyone have a go at cooking yep. in the house? Yeah. How does that work? No. Well, at the moment I have, <laughs> at the moment I've only got one left. So one child left mm-hmm. um, who's here two weeks and then he's at his dad's mm-hmm. two weeks. But I do now have a partner who eats copious quantities of food and he <laughs> likes lunches that are heated. So while I used to go home um, when it was just me and the kids and I'd go home and I would cook every evening mm-hmm. and then I would make their lunches in the morning yep. Um they would whinge about what I gave them most of the time, but that's okay. Um, and they would eat what they ate. That's the other thing. Just release that idea of lunches. You know, they eat what they eat. They're not starving to death. No, that's right. But now I've gotten into the habit, and this works well for me because, um, and and this is as a result of of, of having my partner um, here with me. Mm-hmm. I cook, I cook in bulk. On a Sunday morning, I love that. Um, the only challenge, yeah, the only challenge I have with that is using the microwave. Um, mm-hmm. That makes my skin crawl, so that's difficult in terms of lunches because at work we don't have access to a, a stove top or anything like that. So it's sometimes it's about making compromises and doing things. And however you work that out, you work it out. So mm-hmm. I'll go to the markets on the Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll buy whatever fruit and vegetables I can there and then I'll source the rest. Um, I go to my local butchers and mm-hmm. I buy up enough. Now, I repeat meals. So this yes. idea that you have to have a different meal every night is just absolute nonsense. I don't right. know who came up with that. I agree. Maybe a chef in a restaurant where they get paid for it, but that's just stupid. <laughs> or someone like, that wrote a cookbook and needed you to, yeah. I agree. Yeah, totally. I mean, Cook once, eat twice. Yeah, my mum my mum did all our life. We had different things every night. But she then I went, Oh well hold on, she was at home. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> hello. Yeah. You know, if yeah, so different lifestyles. So I cook um massive pots of things. So I'll do a stew using and I buy um meat that's cut up by the butcher. So I buy two kilos of that and I'll make a stew. And so I've got a two kilo stew. I'll do trays and trays and trays of roasted veggies and I'll do huge pots of steamed vegetables. Mm-hmm. I'll do a savoury mince that's just chockers full of veggies. So that's the other thing is you just – people underestimate how much vegetable content you can get into a meal. Yes. 
um, because they buy one zucchini and one carrot and, you know, no, I buy about six or eight and you put three or four things of it into the one thing. It takes you a while, but you've got enough there for like eight meals. Yes, and it bulks Um, meals out so much. Yep, it does because I I try not to use grain because grain and I are not the best friends. So I don't bulk up my meals with rice Mm -hmm. or with pasta because, I mean, they are easy or quinoa or anything like that. Okay. It's just it's meat and veg, so I use the veg as much as I can to bulk out the meals. But yep. that's just because of my of what works best for me. Yeah. But um, you know, yeah, it's really people underestimate how much vegetable you, you can get in there. And then I make it the bone broth one mm-hmm. because it's healthy, but two, I use that instead of water in all of my cooking. So when I make a pasta sauce. Um, you know, I'll double batch that. So I, I make a pasta sauce and so I make it rather than like a bolognese where you're cooking the mince first and then doing it, I make it into meatballs mm-hmm. um, and just throw them into the sauce. So then I've got the meatballs, which I can have with vegetables, mm-hmm. and then I've got the sauce and I can use some gluten-free pasta so I get two lots of stuff out of the same thing. I love that. And do you so, do you eat all that as you go or do you freeze? No, I eat it as I go. Okay. So you sometimes don't... sometimes if it's been there for a couple of days, I'm like, and I'll look at it and think we're not going to get through this, I'll just freeze containers yep. of it just mm-hmm. so it doesn't go off. Yep. Um, but we go, we seriously go through so much of it that I can cook for the beginning of the week and it's pretty much gone by the end of the week and it does last that long in the fridge. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And what kind of things do you guys, uh, like what do you like to eat for brekkie? What kind of things do you? Well, I do a fair bit of intermittent fasting so I often okay. don't eat until until 11 mm-hmm. so so that's something that I do yep. um and so the other thing that we've started switching to is just we don't have a thing called breakfast we okay. just have food so often okay yeah this this idea that breakfast somehow needs to look different to the other meals of the days yep. I've managed to shift myself out of that so often I will have meat and vegetables for breakfast yeah. Um, one of the other things that I do have is I, um, I make up coconut yogurt so that I've got, you know, I'm trying to, I try to do the fermented stuff. So mm-hmm. I've got sauerkraut going, I've got kombucha going, I've got, I make, um, there's a, um, a website called cultured wellness and, and you can buy the, um, the pre-starters, the probiotic starters for coconut kefir and also coconut yogurt. So I'll make that up. Yeah, and then I have that with frozen organic blueberries and um, and banana, for instance. Mm-hmm. Or I'll make a chia seed pudding out of it and add the fruit to it. Or I make a um, a muesli, very similar to the one that you make mm-hmm. uh, that I saw you make with the cacao and and those sorts of things. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes um, I'll use just nuts and seeds and mm-hmm. dried fruit and the cacao, you know, coconut oil. And sometimes I'll use a, a like a quinoa flakes or something like yeah. that as well, just bulk it out a little bit. I make that and I'll mix that through. Yeah. So breakfasty sort of stuff, I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also make up batches of, I buy turkey mince and I'll use dry herbs mm-hmm. um, and a bit of onion, a bit of garlic, and I'll just quickly slap some rissoles together and I'll cook up a couple of kilos of that and um Sometimes, so we'll have rissoles and eggs, fry mm-hmm. up some eggs Yum. with some wilted spinach. I cook, um, when Keenan, my youngest, is here, I cook breakfast for him every day. So yeah. we don't use, we don't have cereal. We um, don't have cereal either. No, he cracked a nana at me because he didn't want to be different to everybody else at school apparently and take a thermos with food in it. So he's he's on sandwiches at the moment. I've given up that fight um, <laughs> for the time being. <laughs> Gluten does not do good things for him. But he, if he's, again, this is about consequences. Consequences and how he feels. He, yep. yep. Agree. If he's willing to, to take on the consequences, then so be it. I can give him some guidance around what doesn't probably work for him and then he gets to make those choices. Yep, that's right. And it's not until he's old enough to realise that, oh, I actually feel better eating this way because I feel, you know, however he feels when he has gluten um yep. it's, it's yeah that's the same it was the same with Tilly our third one who's anaphylactic to peanuts obviously we don't give her peanuts but she's also she gets eczema if she has things like colors so if she has um you know preservatives like let's say she ate sakatars you know like barbecue yep. flavored sakatars within six hours she or not even six hours three hours she's feral a that's the part I don't like and then she starts to scratch and it's you know she gets her skin gets hot she gets itchy she scratches and she now knows 
Do you know what I mean? That she's going to feel yes, terrible. She's going to be itchy and hot and, her, you know, she'll scratch until she starts to bleed and then you've got a wet dress and, and she just goes, nah, it's not worth it, you know, and she's nine, eight, nine. Now, see, she's nine. this is the thing. It's easier as a parent to go, no, 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 don't eat yes. that. You're not having it. You're not having it because you don't have to deal with the feralness, okay, because yes. that just that just does your head in. Mm-hmm. But the reality is in the long run, they pick up because you allow them to experience the consequences, they self-correct. Yes. And that's a really important skill set to have as a, as a human being is learning how to self-correct. And the more you let them do it, the more savvy they get at it. They get really, really quick at it. Mm-hmm. And that's a great skill set as an adult to have. So yeah. why would we want to be preventing them from, from developing that set by constantly protecting them from the consequences that they need to experience in order to build that skill totally agree that's even we do yeah absolutely even like people that say to kids oh no don't climb up the tree you'll fall out climb up the tree and if you fall out you'll you'll fall out you learn that sometimes there's danger (laughs) it's okay yeah and I know yes I understand that tragedy happens Sometimes you know yeah. someone will will be will die from, but and I get that. But if you live in fear that 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 those things are going to happen, one they're more likely to happen to mm-hmm. you. But two, you you don't develop the skill set that and now enables you to avoid those things later. You absolutely. Know? Yeah, I abs- yeah. T- absolutely totally agree. Or it's the same. You'd never cross a road, would you? You might get hit by a car. Yeah, you that's know, right. You know, and this business of don't play, you'll get dirty. Oh. Really? I've got a washing machine. I don't have to track down to the river with a stone and No. I'm all for the kids getting right. dirty and, you know, mud pies. I used to make them. The kids love it. I give them cake tins and say go out the back and go and make a mud cake. And they're like, really cool. And the friends come over and they look at them and they're like, can we go get in the mud? And I'm like, yeah, off you go. And I just, like one of my biggest things now I see is daycare centres with the um, fake grass. I mean, aside from the off-gassing that happens with all of that chemical mm-hmm. stuff. The with petrochemical, yeah. Aside, yeah, right, let's not even go there. But, like, really? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I don't, like, that's not life. We're not teaching them how to live. You know, how are these children going to save the planet that they need to be living on if mm-hmm. we don't actually give them connection to the planet that they're living on so that they know it's worth saving? I just, it's yeah, it's, hmm. No, I agree. That's the other thing as a parent. Stop listening to, you know, I said stop listening to other people telling you how to raise your kids. Mm-hmm. Stop listening to everything and go do your own research. So stop listening to the TV. Stop listening to to us. You know, yeah. everything everything that, that someone's telling you, take it on board and then go do your own research. Mm-hmm. There's so much stuff going on in the world that people don't understand or know about that's impacting their their life and the lives of their children, the lives of their children. Yeah, and they just assume that other people know better for them. That yeah. they assume that the doctors know better for, and are and are doing things in their best interest. As a parent, you need to stop that. You need to actually be actively involved in education, which is we come back to that same point again. Yeah. You know, go and learn about stuff. Make your own decisions based on informed your own information. Mm-hmm. And if something inside of you doesn't feel right, go and find out about it. Go and learn about it. And so then you can make the informed decision for you because if it, if it you know, gives you that feeling in your tummy and you're like, oh, go and learn about it. Yeah, I agree. Because isn't it interesting when we think about what we want our children to do, we want them to ask questions and mm-hmm. challenge things and go find out the information for themselves. Well, they learn from our example, but we as a society haven't been doing that. So we need to change the example that we're setting and that's what you're doing when you start doing that self-education process, you know? Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. And tell me, as a mum, what would your three non-negotiables be for you? So, you know, it could be whatever, but as as a person, as as Kim, what are your three non-negotiables? All right, I don't even know if I have three, but let's just see what comes to mind. (laughs) Oh, I'm not not good with these checklists. Look... And I don't know where I got this understanding of how I wanted to live my life. I think it just was part of who I was and I wasn't even aware of it at the time. But when I look back and when I look at the way I was as a parent from the very beginning, there was never any question to me for me about giving up 
any part of me when I became a parent. And maybe that was from my mum and my dad. Um, you know, like I was halfway through my first year at uni when I had Blair, my eldest. Mm-hmm. So there was never any question that I wasn't going to uni. Um, uh, if I wanted to play sport, I went and played sport. Yeah. And if I wanted to do a show, I would go and do a show. Now, that didn't always go down well. Um with partners and but I it was I was uncompromising on those things yeah. I really never ever stopped because you become resentful of yeah. of children of partners of whoever else when you feel that you're going to allocate blame to somebody else because they've denied you the opportunity to do something yeah um and well that, that's very much how I am so I never stopped doing shows and they take a lot of time I I I remember doing shows with a three-month-old baby in the stinking hot it was stinking hot summer under a tin roof sweating and you know and people would just pass the baby around while I was out rehearsing and then Mm -hmm. I'd come back and they'd go Kim she needs to be fed and I'd go and feed her and then we'd back back out on the floor and somebody would be nursing her while I was doing that like I never compromised Mm -hmm. what filled my cup ever I love that I admire that I'm not very good at that. So I really admire that. And I've spoken to some other mums with the podcast recently who have done that as well. And it's really made me sit back and go, right, Heidi, you need to start to, you know, I don't know, I I feel guilty and I don't know why, but I do. I just, I really admire that. And it's something that next year, that's going to be something that I'm going to become good at. Well, just guilt is the most useless human oh, emotion there is. It doesn't serve any purpose. The question, the question for you, instead of feel, when you feel guilty, the question for you is, all right, well, who do I want to show up as being now? Now, see, if you had, if you had a community of women who were supporting you, mm-hmm. and you know, you said, all right, well, I'm going to go and do this, and they're looking after your children for the day, and then you're doing a swap. There would be no need for you to consider that this guilt thing about, oh, my God, I'm leaving my children. Yes. It's because we have this story that I'm solely responsible for mm-hmm. their survival, upbringing and spiritual enlightenment in life, which mm-hmm. is just totally ridiculous. It's that that feeds that guilt. One, you just yes. need to choose to stop that guilt, Heidi. That's just um, nonsense. Well, I do. I abs- No, I absolutely do. You need to smack me down. <laughs> no, I do. And I, you know what? I don't know where the guilt comes from. I don't yes, know you where- do. Where? Well, you ask yourself, where? Yeah, I know. But you go back, go back, I, I go feel back. like I let people down if I, whereas right. I'm just letting my bloody self down anyway. So, so who are you letting down? Myself, because I'm not doing things that I, you know, want to do. I have spouts, bouts of it, spouts. Where did that word come from? <laughs> I like spouts. Well, when no, you say I, I feel like I'm letting people down, who are you letting down when you say that? Yeah, well, um, probably everybody that relies on me for everything with so many, I wear too many hats sometimes. So I think that's the thing. And then I get to the end of the day and I fall down because I'm exhausted and I haven't done, you know, every now, like I've run three marathons and I was really happy when I was doing that because I was out running all the time. (laughs) Yeah, see, and that's an incredible achievement. Yeah. And how did you feel? When I was running? Yeah. Great. Good, really good, empowered, really empowered. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm on it. And it's definitely something that I'm aware of and I am definitely getting better at changing. But there's lots of mums that feel this way and that's why it's great to hear yourself say that and that's why I admire you because I think it's good. I think it's Thanks. something that we all need to do for so well, many reasons. Well, let me reasons. just share with you a tip. Mm-hmm. And this is not just about being a mum. This is about being a human. You have a mind which is meant to be a tool. So every every emotion that you have comes on because you've had a thought. Mm-hmm. There's a thought first. You apply a, a meaning to a situation that you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, your, your mind goes, I've seen this before. This is this. And so then it brings on a feeling. So what we need to get better at doing and this is something that is really important to teach our children because currently we don't the mind is a tool it will throw up scenarios it's about your survival so it's about you've seen this before you've seen this before this is this what we do as humans because no one teaches us any differently is we believe what our mind is telling us because we think we are our mind but our mind is just a tool that we're to use the thing that we're missing that we don't do is to question whether or not what our mind is telling us is actually true Mm -hmm. 
So if you had the discipline and were taking the time, every time you're, you felt guilty, you go, all right, well, what am I thinking right now? And when I feel that guilt, what am I thinking? I feel like I'm letting, you're letting everybody down. Mm-hmm. Is that true? And you do that whole investigation. Well, yes, it is. Are you 100% sure that it's true? Well, no, because you can never be 100% sure. How could I find out? I could ask them. Well, how would I feel if it wasn't true? And how do I want to feel? How do I want to think instead? So what would serve me better in this moment is to think, thank you, mind, for letting me know that I, I might be letting people down. But I've actually examined that now and I've worked out that I haven't because I've done this, 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 and this is about dealing some, doing something for me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to go and do it. You need to start questioning your thoughts because that will shift your emotions. And that's a really, that's one of my favourite tips ever. Yeah. Question your thinking. Question, I love that. I'm going to do that. I'm I'm serious. I've just written all that down. Like I've just scribed like I'm a court scriber, like 100 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like literally I'm looking at it going, can I understand my writing? I've just written that down. And then as you were saying it, I'm like, this is being recorded, Heidi. You could have just listened to it again. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I have just written that down and I will make a promise to you that I'm going to do that. I love that. And I, I, Wonderful. I needed that. Thank you. I needed just, that. And you know, I believe you know that that sometimes the universe gives you something because you've put it out there and that's why we were meant to talk because of that nugget of wisdom. So thank you. There you go. Because you know that saying you hear, you're not your mind. You know that saying you hear? Yeah. So so you're not your mind, that's great, but who am I instead? So it's about understanding what your mind is. It's a tool and who who am I, the person who's deciding whether I'm going to utilise what the tool is giving me or not. So, you know, that's the next step in that saying. I think it probably begs some learning for people. And it's something so powerful to teach your children. You know, we have an increase in anxiety um, levels in children, um, depression, all of that stuff. It's all associated, one, with diet. Don't even get me started. Two. I'm on your (laughs) back. Two. Yeah. Two with, um, with, with this this loss we've lost this the power the knowledge around how to how to to how to understand who we are as humans and how to question you know that's why meditation works so well in school that's why yoga works so well in school because mm-hmm. it's giving children the space to see that while they're having thoughts they don't actually have to hold on to them and that's this process we need to teach children is all right that's the thought but is it true and does it help you to believe it's true, no. Well, what what would help you to believe something instead? Right. Well, let's decide to believe something instead. Yeah, that's great. See, I med- I do meditation with the kids before they go to sleep at night, and you know, I teach them about that. You know, if a thought comes in, acknowledge that that thought. You know, and then go back to you know having a clear mind. And I haven't really thought about doing that with the, as in analyzing the thought. It's more okay, you accept it, and just trying to calm their mind and get them stillness in their mind. But that's a, that's really the next step. Yeah, absolutely, because if yeah. you can get them to find the answers for themselves, mm. to say they've had an altercation at school and you run this process, right, well, what are you thinking? Yeah. You know, right, let's let's write that down or get them how to you know, draw a picture or whatever. Yeah. And how does that make you feel? And how would you like to feel instead? So what would you like to think about it? You teach them that process, mm. that, that transformational process of moving moving to, to who they want to be and how they want to feel about it. Yeah. Because we we work on this basis that we don't have a choice around our feelings, and we actually we Ooh. actually the feelings cap on come so quickly after the thought, mm-hmm. you can't pick up that. But what you can get really speedy at is the next bit, and that's the discipline of examining where that thinking's coming from and shifting it quickly. Yeah, and that's a powerful tool. That that you know that's a EFT. really powerful tool. And EFT tapping, have you heard yes. of EFT? Yeah, I've done that before. Yes. Yep. It's, I've done it with my kids. Um, it's amazing. Really? Go and, I've go never do, done it yep. with the kids. Oh, it's so cool and they it? can learn to do it themselves. Hey? Where did you learn it? Like, yes. Would you the, recommend the tapping, somewhere for everyone? Yeah, yeah. absolutely, thetappingsolution.com. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, they have a, a video showing you how to do it. Just It takes two minutes to learn it and go teach your children how to do it. It yeah. helps shift headaches and stress and um you know, blockers, writing blocks. I did it with my daughter when she was in grade 12 and she was just freaking out because she couldn't write this assignment. I said, mm-hmm. right. She thinks, you know, all of my woo-woo stuff, they think I'm an absolute <laughs> lunatic. 
but I think <laughs> but I think she was just desperate enough this day that she did it with me yeah. and um we did it only for a couple of minutes and then she sat down and, and two hours later she'd finished the whole thing it was quite incredible all right tappingsolution.com yes Absolutely. I'm going to put that in the show notes and I'm going to do that one as well. I've got homework from this podcast. It's amazing. I love it. It's cool. It's cool stuff. Go have a look. It's really cool cool stuff. stuff. Wow. Well, you are amazing. I have absolutely loved talking to you. I'm going to talk to you again. Definitely. Yes, let's do that. Yes. So much fun. I'm definitely going to call you again and um, we'll get a follow-up. I can just tell already that there's going to be a lot of comments and, um, you know, so many nuggets of wisdom and I so appreciate your time in talking to me today and uh yeah it's really funny you have these you know virtual friends and people that you meet online and you connect with and you're definitely one of them so I'm very grateful for your time today I know it's so cool isn't it you never people you would never have met otherwise and you become really good friends even though you've never seen each other yeah one one day we'll just have to see each other and drink bone broth yes (laughs) absolutely (laughs) and breathe and tap it'll be fun we'll do some tapping (laughs) together yes Oh, I love that. Now, Kim, where can people get in contact with you um, online? So, you know, they may have some questions and obviously you're an amazing life coach and you've got so many nuggets of wisdom. And, you know, first of all, would you be happy if people had questions to contact you? And where can they contact you? All right. My website is um, under review at the moment. Mm -hmm. It's it's um, so it's not up, but it is just KimNuttle.com. KimNuttle.com. So that once. Yeah, once it's up, so that's fine. Otherwise, you can find me on Facebook, probably, um, again, under Kim Nuttall Mm -hmm. would be easiest to find me there. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I will definitely put those in the notes so that people can click straight through as well if they've got any questions and want to check you out. And um, Instagram, what's your Instagram? Because you've got good stuff on Instagram too. Oh, what is my Instagram? I think, again, it's just Kim Kim Nuttall. Oh, you've got all your handles. You did well with that. Oh, well, that's what happens when you have weird names like that. <laughs> it makes it easier. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you again for your time. It's so appreciated. It's been an absolute honour. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Heidi. Bye. For more inspiration, interviews, recipes, tips and tricks to help you thrive in this crazy mess we call motherhood, head to wellnessmummy.com. Thanks for joining me.